Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey, this is Amy. And Megan. And we had this wild idea that's now becoming a reality. We've created the Nourish Your Soul Retreat. If you're ready to give yourself the gift of turning inward in order to awaken all parts of you, to spend a day tapping into your creative feminine power, intuition, and nature, and learn how to fully embody your knowing and capacity for healing. This retreat is for you if you crave real connection with nature and other soulful women who are on a similar path to nourishing their mind, body, and soul. Join us for the Nourish Your Soul Retreat at the beautiful Twin Bluffs Farm in Stockholm, Wisconsin on September 7th, 2019 from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Check out the show notes for the link to our website and the full details. We hope to see you there. Welcome back, lovely lady. I don't think that I've said this enough. I know for a fact that I haven't said this enough. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I just want to say how grateful I am that you are here, that you listen, that you have subscribed, that you have given me feedback, that you've posted on Instagram or on social media and given this Fit and Fears podcast a shout out. Honestly, it was a passion project of mine. And to say now that this is episode 80, 80, I'm just having a hard time making sense of that. And it's because of you. You allow me this space. And I hope that with each episode, you are getting out something different and new and unique. And it can be serious, but it can be fun and it can be light. And there's a mashup of both because that's kind of life. And today I had the amazing opportunity to chat with Sarah Orden. Sarah is one of those women that you look back and say, In God's name, how is she doing everything that she is doing? How is she doing it to the magnitude that she's doing? And fuck, how does she look so damn good doing it? Because she posted a cute little clip on her Instagram saying that she was going to be a slug today. And she looked like a million dollars. Thank God she didn't see what I looked like. Like wet hair twisted up in some clip that I had scrubby clothes. (laughs) Now I'm totally digressing away from Sarah, but she is totally, she's the one that does it all and looks flawless. What Sarah is really doing is all the things. And she's the first one that says it. She's an entrepreneur. She's the owner of 24 Lux Hair and Makeup in Detroit. She's an on-location hair and makeup team for weddings and events. She's a licensed makeup artist, a self-published author of six books, seven coming out soon, if not already out by this episode, eight in the works. If that's not enough, she, yeah, she's a podcast host. You can catch her on YouTube. She's a life coach. She has amazing workbooks, workshop books. She does live events. Literally, she does all the things and looks amazing doing it. And more importantly, 
has this wonderful soul, a great message. You guys are going to be just as obsessed with her as I am. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fit and Fierce podcast. I'm so excited to be able to talk to my guest today, Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Why don't you go ahead and give the listeners a little insight on just who Sarah is? Okay, so I am, first of all, so excited to be here, so excited to chat. I am your, I like to say I'm like your not-so-typical millennial girl because I do it all. I'm an overachiever. I try to do way too many things sometimes, <laughs> but I am a business owner. I uh, own 24 Lux Hair and Makeup here in Detroit, and I'm also the lead makeup artist. And then most people online know me as a self-published author. I have six books right now on Amazon. I'm about to have a seventh. Oh my gosh. Um, I know. So a lot of people know me from that. I also have a podcast called Her Best Fucking Life. I have a YouTube channel. I've done a little bit of mindset coaching, online workshops, helping mentor other women. And then most recently, I just started doing uh, and hosting live events in the Detroit area. So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) So she really does do all the things. Yeah, I know. Sometimes when I say it all, I'm like, this sounds insane. (laughs) And I actually was first heard of you when I was at a retreat and got one of your best fucking life journals with the prompts and loved it. I was like, who is this girl? I need to know everything about (laughs) her. Um, I love it. I love at first. I love a good use of the word fuck. So I'm sold Mm -hmm. instantaneously. And then of course the rest of it is a very nice package (laughs) for the great information. But where did that come from? Where did her best fucking life come from? It honestly came from my uh, sober journey, from my sobriety. And I don't think I even got to that mindset of like, I'm going to live the best life I possibly can every single day, like relentlessly, until I was two years sober and I got really comfortable in my sobriety and realized like I had the power to make my life into anything I wanted it to be because we all really do, you know, sometimes things get thrown in the way, sometimes things get complicated, but you know, we all have the power to make choices to change our life. If we want to, we just have to stand up, say, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do to get there and not fucking stop until you create that life. So that's where that whole kind of like vibe came from. And I honestly made the journal specifically in the planner and the workbook because I started my podcast and like, that's what my podcast was all about saying the F word swearing and just talking about like all the things that I did to make my life the best one I possibly could. And I really wanted to make that journal to give the people that loved listening to the podcast something they could incorporate into their everyday life that had that same vibe and that high level energy in it. So that's how that one specifically like came to be with the planner. But that just kind of became my message. I've always been really passionate talking about my sobriety because a lot of people out there that may struggle with addiction really connect to it. But I also like to show that side of how any woman can live their best life. They don't, you know, they don't need to be sober to do it. Anybody has the power to do it. And I appreciate that so much. First of all, I feel extremely comfortable when somebody says fuck around me. I'm like, okay, (laughs) like you are one of me. Like I can let my guard down Mm -hmm. a little bit. 
Um, but also how you apply that your story lies, part of your story lies in your journey with sobriety, but you don't make that the one and only thing that that is about. You can apply that. Women can apply that in whatever their struggle is, whatever their absolutely, is. Yeah, absolutely. That's my big thing because I am, you know, I'm very proud of my sobriety. And like I said, a lot of people found me or follow me because of it. So I always, you know, have that side of things, but I, I don't, this sounds funny, but like when people say like niche down, I don't believe in just showing one thing constantly because I think everybody has so many different things to offer. And that's why my sobriety will always be a huge part of my message, but I also want to show this other side that other people can relate to, even if they don't have issues with any type of substance. I was, so for somebody who struggled with addiction to exercise, so a different kind Mm -hmm. of form of addiction and works through eating disorder recovery and pieces in there, there's something about you kind of get to a point in recovery when it's like, I've talked a lot about it and I'm a lot of other things. And I think like part of a recovery journey or a sobriety journey is getting to a space where it's like, I don't really want to only solely talk about this. Like. I want to do something. Yeah. Because, you know, you're so, you're so proud. You're so humbled when you go through it and you're so excited and like want to shout from the rooftops, like, yeah, I did this. But at the same time, like, I love that people come to me for sobriety, but I don't want people to just see me as someone that's sober. You know, I don't want to be defined by just my sobriety. So that's why I've always tried to keep like a balance of other things mixed in as well, because you know, I think I do have so much more to talk about and so much more to offer than just being sober. Well, like you said, you do do. all the things. So why, (laughs) like, we don't need to just focus on one. And something that I really struggle with too is Mm storylines. And if I'm constantly saying over and over, yeah, I'm in a recovery journey or I've done this or I've done that, I'm fueling myself with that story. Mm -hmm. And yes, there is truth in that. But I'm not going to perpetuate that cycle over and over right. again. It's it's interesting you said that because I um, run a Facebook group that has like 6,000 women in it now and it's a sobriety group. Oh and gosh. I run it with one other girl. And someone posted something that just kind of connected to what you said a little bit that I just want to bring up where she said, and you know, everybody's different. Everybody, This doesn't apply to everyone. Some people might hear this and be like, that's wrong. And I don't 100% identify with it, but I see her point. But she said she doesn't like to call herself an alcoholic. Like, for example, at a meeting where someone would stand up and say, hi, my name is Sarah and I'm an alcoholic. And her point behind it was, though, which I can totally see her point of view, is if she's repeating that to herself constantly, mm-hmm. she's keeping that that idea, that label fresh. And she said, you know, it almost feels like she's reminding herself of something negative that she would rather say something else than I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic every single day, which I, like I said, I don't have that issue, but I can see where someone would. So I totally get it. I did a podcast about that too. And honestly, that the, the concept of storylines is something I do internally Mm -hmm. struggle with because I was like, well, some of that is fact. Like, there is a fact in that, but yes, do I want to continue like subconsciously to put that space in my mind over right. and over and mm-hmm. over again? So where did this all stem from, Sarah? 
where did the all of the things what was the beginning point um well I think I always kind of had (laughs) this inside of me I've um, shared before but like when I was like seven like six eight years old I would and this is so funny it's like my first glimmer into like my future but I started a quote massage business and I would give (laughs) my family members massages and I had a price chart and it was like you know feet and then like depending on how long you wanted it it was like 25 cents 50 cents you know it was it was changed like it was cheap but I remember I made this price chart and every night I would ask my parents and my brother, you know, like what they wanted massaged. And I even made credit cards on my computer with a little, like when we first got computers and had all those cool little like programs you could use on like discs. I made little credit cards and I literally copied what was on the back of a credit card that like my mom had. So I even had like, you know, the signature line and like the fine print, like it was so cute, but we always laugh now because we're like, how did we not know? I was going to be an entrepreneur and do my own thing. Like I was doing it then I started selling. Oh my God. When I was in high school, I was like 16, 17 years old. I started making and selling custom hair extensions on eBay. Right. Oh like, like the clip in ones when everybody was seen and wanted like the pink striped extensions that they could clip in. I would make those uh-huh. in my bedroom on the floor and sell them on eBay and mail them to people. Like I've always been like that little hustle mentality entrepreneur. So I should have, I should have known this was all coming. I actually went to college. I have a bachelor's degree in early childhood and I taught. I like how you <laughs> right. say that. I taught, it's just oh, like a disgust. Sure. Like, yeah, I did this. It's, it's what and I had it's to do. It's so funny. Cause I hear so many people say that where they like got a degree, but they're not using it, but it's just the perfect example. I got a degree because my parents were like, you need to go to college. You need to go to college. You need to get a degree. So you have a good job and you're secure So I did it and I taught preschool for like a year and then I left to start my hair and makeup business because I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in a classroom every day. I don't want to write lesson plans every day. Like it just wasn't me. So I should have known when I was young from all that stuff, but it just, you know, it's the journey. It's the process. I had to learn myself like, nope, I really do want to do my own thing still. Well, in hindsight, like we can always see that, but you kind of step out of that big, the macro picture of it. It's like, oh, this all does make sense. This all was leading me somewhere. And even, you know, even though I didn't end up teaching preschool, you know, even going to college, it definitely taught me a lot of things that I benefited from a lot of business things, a lot of, you know, communication skills, teaching, like so many different things came out of it that I did definitely learn a lot. You had mentioned that you are a self-publisher. Two questions. One, tell us what all your books are. And two, how much tenacity did it say, like, I'm going to (laughs) self-publish this. Yeah, it it was a process. Um, So I, okay, so I have Sober as Fuck was my first book. And I released that in 2017 in May. I actually released it on the day of my two-year anniversary. Um, And that book was... My background with drinking and addiction, how I got sober, and then how difficult the first two years were for me because I really went through like a whole self-discovery thing, like had to figure out who I was again, and it was quite a journey. So that's what that book is all about. Then I self-published Inner Bloom, 
And inner bloom was kind of like once I got to that two year mark and I got a little more comfortable with myself, I wrote that one. And it's more like how I started making the changes to make my best life happen. And I actually, the subtitle of that book is finding inner happiness and creating your best life and her best fucking life like didn't Mm. even exist yet. So when I look at that book now, it's so clear to me that like this was coming, but I had no idea (laughs) because the whole best again, right? big picture. It all makes sense. So I had those two and then I started to get a much more positive response from sober as fuck. Like a lot of people started buying it more, connecting with it more. So I wanted to create something else, more like a tool that people could use from it. So then I self-published the Sober as Fuck, the workbook. And that is a 28-day guided journal workbook that goes through a different topic every day. There's a different idea. There's a mantra every day, a quote. And then I do a little bit of writing on the topic. And then there are questions for you to journal on for that day for each theme. So that one has gotten so popular now. And I think it's because people in sobriety, like, you know, it's nice to have the support of the tools and the things that are going to help you. Cause you can't just sit there and be like, I'm going to be sober. Like you have to do the work. So it's great for people mm-hmm. to have that. And I'm so glad so many people are finding it and using it. Then after that, I self-published. I have so many things. I self, <laughs> I, know. I love it. I self-published 30 as fuck. 30 things I learned during my quarter life crisis, which is honestly my favorite book. I think just because it was so different and it was such a pivot away from the whole sobriety theme that I, it was the first time I kind of like branched out into a different area. Um, But that book, which had to feel really liberating. And I did like a photo shoot for the cover. Like I wanted it to be like happy and fun because everything else I had done was so serious. And so it was really exciting. I seriously love that book. I just, I, it's so much fun. I think every woman, any age can relate to things in it because it's kind of funny. Like I poke fun at a lot of things, but it also does have like some serious, like motivational stuff. So that one has been super fun and it's been cool to see it grow now since it's been, I released it in January. So it's been like six months, but I did that one and then... (laughs) When I rattle them off, I'm like, this sounds insane for two years, but, but it happened. It does. It does. But everybody's benefit. It is insane. I will say, Sarah, it's yes, it, it, but I it's, do not it's know working how you for do me. This. So. <laughs> but it's, it fills it you, which there's that level of that's So if it's filling your cup, then that's Absolutely. something different. And the impact that you're right. having is I can only and I imagine think that's what it is, like the connection makes me like when people are like posting it but they love it and I'm like yes like that's what I live for um so I guess mm-hmm. I'll finish because I just squirreled and like derailed um I think I, I derailed us so I'll I'll, I'll yeah, take so that then I have the her best fucking life planner and workbook like you mentioned which is a workbook that every day you get an inspiring quote you get to track like a to-do list a gratitude list it's just it's fun it's a journal it's super cute I fucking love it I just think it's the cutest thing ever uh, I it is it. really like, cute I spent so much time designing it and I love the way it turned out um you can tell I mean the details yeah, in it it's it's I, really really if you guys have not seen it you yeah get your it's very like Pinterest worthy <laughs> uh, it is yeah it and is. then the last book I put out was 32 badass things about being sober which is more of a quick read coffee table type book 
because I know not everyone wants to read like a fucking novel every day, like a long book that takes like weeks to finish. <laughs> so that is more mm-hmm. of a like quick read. You can leave it out. It's great as a gift. It's just like a little like shot of inspiration if you're sober, if you're losing motivation of, you know, why you're doing it, what's amazing about it and what you're gaining from it. And then actually a week from today on July Ooh. 22nd, yeah, July 22nd, I am releasing the Sober as Fuck Sobriety Tracker and Journal, which is going to be, it looks kind of similar to the Her Best Fucking Life Planner, but obviously it's more sobriety focused. So it has quotes in it. It has um, space to count your days sober. A lot of people love to have like those tracking apps where it like says how many days sober you are. So Mm -hmm. there's a space to record how many days you've been sober Um, there's a space to record if you had any like triggers or urges that day. There's a, what else do I have in there? There's a daily mantra that changes. I think I have seven different ones. So each day of the week, like has a different mantra that you can use for the day. You can record how you're feeling. And then there is for each day, an entire journal space. So I just started it today. I, so everyone can go in and, you know, talk about if they're struggling, if they're having a rough time in sobriety, if they had a good day in sobriety, because, you know, journaling, getting that out and really kind of like watching your progress that you, where you can document it is really interesting to see. And it's, it's really cool because like, you know, in sobriety is a show up everyday thing. Like it's not sometimes it's not, well, I'll focus on it this day, but not the next. Like it's an everyday thing for people that have struggled with it. And so I think this is going to be such a cool tool for people to, you know, start their day and keep them on track, keep them focused, keep them motivated. So that's coming out next Monday and I'm really excited about it. (laughs) How exciting. I love that. And so when somebody's sitting back and listening, I think one of my questions that I always have for the women who are juggling a thousand plates at Mm -hmm. one time is do, do you know when you need to rest, do you, how do you deal with rest? How do you deal with slowing down? Cause I don't do this well at uh-huh. all. So selfishly I ask. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> well, I'll be honest, clearly by all the things that I've done in the past couple of years, it's not, it hasn't been, I'll say it hasn't been my top talent to be like, I'm going to mm-hmm. take a break. Um, and I think a lot of it is, and I'm sure other women that do this can relate when you're really passionate and inspired about something, you want to work on it. You want to throw yourself. Like mm-hmm. I am working on something else. This is insane, but I'm going to have, it'll be my eighth book by the end of this year. And oh it's a shorter one. It's more of like one of those quick read coffee tables, but like, I am so excited about it right now. And I have so many ideas and things I want to do for it when I launch it. But like, I told myself I was going to like take a few days off because I just did my first live event and I'm still working on it because I'm so excited about it. (laughs) So I still have to check myself definitely and I'm getting better at it because I started to realize that I would start to feel physically and mentally like drained. Like I was going to hit like a meltdown. Like I could just tell. I could feel it when it's coming on and I know like I need to take a little break. So I always try to set like a time of the day and someone actually gave me this advice and it's, it's worked pretty well for me to set like almost like office hours, even if you work for yourself. 
so that you, because it's very easy when you work from home to stay on your laptop until midnight mm-hmm. while you're like watching TV in bed. And I've done that many, many times. And so for me, it was like, when she told me that, I'm like, I need to try. I need to do that. Like almost like you leave work and you clock out at a place of where you work and you don't go home and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Like you have that shut off time, but when you're at home and you work for yourself, it's very easy to just keep going. So I had to kind of instill like, okay, this is going to be my cutoff time. And then I'm going to stop. I'm going to, you know, make dinner for myself and Andrew. Like I need to have that separation of like work and home life. So I've done the cutoff time thing. I don't work anymore after dinner, really, unless I'm just on Instagram, like liking photos randomly. Um, But I've done that. I think being in a relationship, we're engaged now, we're getting married. And that has definitely made me kind of cut back a little bit because like there's someone else now. It's not Mm -hmm. just me working myself crazy. So that definitely has helped me kind of slow down. But I think I just had to kind of balance myself with this idea that if I keep burning out and I'm not taking care of myself, I'm going to lose that balance completely. And I'm going to get to a point where I'm not enjoying my life as much as I should. So that's something I have to keep like reminding myself and keeping in my head. Um, And another thing I've actually kind of, I don't do it as often as I used to just because money reasons, but like I love traveling. And if I can go on a trip, like I will. (laughs) So that definitely makes me kind of like unplug and not work for a hot minute. So I try to travel a few times throughout the year as well. So there's just some really good, like easily tangible things. Like you said, like, yeah, I think boundaries when you create them for yourself or Mm -hmm. to let other people know there's a level of respect that comes with that. Yeah. To know, like, I'm not just going to be walked all over. Like, after dinner time is, like, my boundary of time. And then I need that connection time with Mm -hmm. my significant other. I need time to unwind. And whoever you're working with, they can – that it brings a level of respect. And if not, that's kind of something on their end that they're dealing with, not your end. Absolutely. Yep. And I love that you said, too, you know that you have – you're changing the world. Like, you're bringing so much. Mm -hmm. But if you fizzle – then what? Right. Then I can't show up. I can't do what I want to do. I can't keep creating things. So yeah, you've definitely got to like keep yourself in check, which like I said, it's something I'm definitely not perfect at still, but it's a work in progress. Do you think that some of this need to do all the things and to juggle everything, do you think that some of that plays in with addictive behaviors? Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't even have to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've told I I wrote about it in one of my books too, but I I've noticed like in myself and I see it in a lot of other people when you have cuz I've heard people say like addictive personalities aren't real. Like that's just something people say. It's not like a proven thing. It's just a whatever. I just think people do have addictive personalities though or addictive tendencies where I started to notice, like, if I really like a song, I will listen to it on repeat, like, 20 times. Mm-hmm. Like, driving in the car with it turned up loud. Like, I, I like it, and I want it, and I want more of it. <laughs> so it definitely, I've seen it play in in a lot of different areas of my life. Like, my work. Like, like I said, like, music. Like, food. Like, dating when I was still single. Like, if I really like someone, like, I wanted to see him every day. I wanted to text them all day, you know? And so I think it really does, like, if you have that addictive, like, 
you like something, you enjoy something, you want more of it, and you want as much of it as you can possibly get, I think it absolutely plays into people that have addictive tendencies. And I've even seen in people, you know, when people first get sober, I think everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, I think a lot of people find something else to like latch on to. Like I knew someone personally that got like psycho into working out. And I mean, that's not a bad thing, but like he had to go to the gym every single day. That was part of his routine. I mean, for somebody that like there is definitely an addictive side to exercise that destroyed oh, yeah. my body. Like, yeah. you know, like I think you do, you try to fill this void yeah. with you, something, something you can keep doing and keep getting like, I, yeah, I've seen it in a lot of people where they kind of get almost obsessed with something and focus on it. And it almost could be like a replacement in a way, which hopefully it's a better, a healthier one. Mm-hmm. Mine definitely was my work. Mm-hmm. And I know it was because I've discovered like over time when I look back and I think on things, I used my success and my career as a way to convince myself that I was okay even before I was sober. Mm. Like when I was still drinking and partying a lot, it was like, but look at how good I'm doing in my business. I'm okay. I'm still I can doing great. It. I yeah, can still I'm do everything. I'm my own bills. I live on my own. I started a small business. Like, I'm fine. I don't have a problem. And I think that's where a lot of people will throw themselves into something like that. And I did it, you know, with the same thing, though, after I got sober. Because it was like I was rediscovering myself. I was losing so much. I was changing so much. So much was being removed from my life when I got sober, whether it was people, whether it was, you know, what I did on the weekends, whether it was activity, like everything that it was like, okay, but I've still got my work. And so I would throw myself into my work to say, but I'm still okay. Like now I'm sober and I'm still doing great. Look at me go. Like I'm going to throw myself into my work, even though I'm struggling with the idea that I lost friends or can't go out with my friends and do the same things anymore. Or, you know, that I don't have a boyfriend right now, but I'm still doing good in this business. So I'm going to throw myself into it to show myself that I'm still doing okay. So I think a lot of people do that with something, especially in sobriety. Because it's the one constant. Like, this has been a constant. Everything else is totally flipped upside down. What the hell do I do? But I know that I can focus on Right, because addiction is chaotic. It's not calm. Like, it's not a constant at all. I mean, you're having something constantly, but everything that plays into addiction and that cycle is chaotic if you really think about it well and I've always said too like in the times when with my addiction feeling that I I I thought that that was me being Mm -hmm. in control when in reality I was doing zero of the controlling and those actions thoughts and behaviors were totally controlling absolutely so then it was stepping back and reframing like but what is actually control and what's serving Mm -hmm. me in that So if somebody said to you, okay, how do I live my best fucking (laughs) life? What would be your key piece of advice for them, Sarah? I honestly, and it's such a simple way of thinking. It's such a simple mindset shift to put yourself into. I literally just take every single day and I just started to kind of stop and ask myself, like, what would make this better? What would make this more elevated? What would make this more positive? What would make me enjoy this more? What would make me happier? 
and just making those small changes and, you know, small changes, small things snowball and they make bigger impacts than you might think, even though they're small things. And so literally I would, I honestly just started going through my life and being like, is this adding to my life in a positive way? Is this something I need to make my life better? And if something wasn't adding to my life in a positive way, then, you know, maybe I didn't need it. Maybe I just need to spend less time on it. And, you know, I think it can definitely vary by situations because you just can't for everyone walk through life and be like, oh, do I want to go to work today? No. So I'm just going to quit my job. Like you can't go that crazy with it, but like within reason, just looking at your everyday life and, you know, if you're driving to work, you know, what would make this better? Listening to a podcast that you enjoy, listening to music that you love, maybe swinging through Starbucks and getting a coffee. You could get to work just fine without any of those things. You would live, you would survive, your day would go on. But it's like just those little extra things you can change about your day to make it just a little bit better. And then you ask yourself, like, why would you not? What's holding you back? What's stopping you? I love that because it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like you said, it was simple and it is, but it's so obviously profound. And it comes back to the, the piece that you were saying in the beginning, like you have a Mm -hmm. choice. No, I may not like the job that I'm in right now. I may not like that. I cannot just up and quit today. But what are five things in the morning that I can do to make myself feel better? I can listen to a podcast. I can get a coffee. I can do these tiny mm-hmm. things, but they, they bring right. me joy. And that's so many people, I think they feel stuck. They feel like they have to play safe. They have to follow the, you know, they feel like they have to like conform. And like, if they do something like that, it's too crazy. And I'm just like, but you have to think about it. Like if you, for like you said, if you hate your job, no, you don't have to go in today and be like, I'm done and throw your papers up in the air. But you know what? If you don't like your job and you know that maybe changing something about that would make your life better and would make your life more enjoyable, do something about it. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to go in and quit today, but you know what? Maybe go online, look at some other options, watch someone that's doing something that you're passionate about doing and just start researching it, you know? Could I do this? How could I do this? And just baby steps. Like even if you're taking small actions and making small changes, like I said, it's going to make a much bigger impact. I think we get so comfortable sitting complacent out of fear and out of being comfortable that we just are afraid to sometimes like take that jump or take that step forward and actually take action. Well, fear has kept me stuck in all the places Mm -hmm. I've been in my life. It's because of fear And it's not easy to call yourself out when you're playing victim and say like, hey, listen to your bullshit. You're allowing this to happen. Mm -hmm. Like You're getting to sit in your pity. And it's hard. And I'm not dismissing anybody who is because I understand. Oh, we've all been there. And I know you do as Mm -hmm. well, Sarah. Like, it's scary as shit to make changes or to place value on yourself to make those changes. But you are the only one that gets to do that. And, you know, like I said, like, we've all been there. I have been that person going to college and teaching preschool miserable. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't walk in and immediately be like, I don't like this, so I'm leaving. Like, that's not what I did. But, you know, I was there. I knew I didn't want to continue to do it. I knew I wasn't passionate about it the way I was about other things. So I started researching how to get an LLC. I filed for an LLC. I started 
How do I run this business? How should I do this? What could I do? How will I make money? What do I need to buy? I started doing all of those small changes before I even quit that job. And sometimes those pieces to give you just enough of a boost of like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to teach my preschool kids and I'm not happy. But guess what? Like when I get to go home, I get to do this Mm -hmm. research that to me is fun because it's setting a spark of. Oh yeah. It's exciting. It's, you know, liberating Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm working at this because this is what I want. How do you move out of fear? I, I'm a very, see, I feel like I have have a more unique personality where like, if I want to do something and I'm scared of it, I'm a jumper. And I, I don't think I always was that way, but I've seen it towards the end of my 20s start where if something was exciting to me, it was almost like a challenge and I wanted to jump and do it. And so I've honestly just thrown myself into a lot of things. And I actually talked about this last or uh, yesterday at, I did my first live event. I did this brunch and I kind of just shared with the girls, for example, like I decided two months ago, I wanted to do a live event. I had no idea. I've never done one. I had no idea. That's scary as shit because it could be terrible. No one could want to come. I could sell no tickets. I could have two people come and then me have this whole event set up. Like that would be kind of embarrassing, you know? (laughs) So, you know, in that fear situation though, I, I almost had to push myself and be like, I'm going to reach out to someone and book a venue and then I'm locked in and I have to do it. So for me, sometimes doing something like that, that makes me hold myself accountable. Like, okay, this is booked. Now you got to go. Like you already did Mm -hmm. something. You locked yourself in. It kind of gives me that like fire under my ass that like, oh shit, now I got to figure this out. So for me, sometimes like throwing myself into it somewhat, maybe not the whole way, but like, hey, I found a venue and started looking around and then I figured everything else out afterwards. But, you know, if I would have listened to that fear telling me this could be shitty, no one might come, this would be embarrassing, I wouldn't have done it. So you've Mm -hmm. just got to really like push yourself into it because if you let those voices start, they'll totally talk you out of it. And you said something simple too, that I think that people who are not jumpers, I'm not in like real life situations. I like to play Mm -hmm. it safe. And in like those big, like scary theoretical life, like I'm not the one who's on a roller coaster. Like I don't like any of that, like fear stuff. But I think what you said in the beginning of I, you said, I got to see it as a Mm -hmm. challenge and exciting and not scary. Even if you're, even ladies, if you play it safe like I do, if you are, and not that I always do, but you know, if like you're not the jumper, if that scares you, you can start by saying, I'm going to view this as a challenge. I'm going to see what I'm learning. I'm going to see how this is doing something for me, not to me, Mm -hmm. instead of I'm just going to sit and get scared. And that's honestly how I started in my sobriety. I think I almost, cause I've always been, I like a challenge, like tell me I can't do something and I'm going to show you that I'm able to do it. I'm that kind of person. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I was early, early in sobriety, it was almost like I knew everyone probably thought that it wasn't going to last because I was the party girl. And so it was almost like, fuck you. I'm going to show you I can do this. And so sobriety almost became a challenge to me where it was like, no, I can still do this. I can still go. And, 
to be honest, in the beginning, I would even still go to the bars with my and the clubs with my friends and just be the DD, which is not the health. I'm not telling anyone to do that because that is not the healthiest thing. And I eventually <laughs> like would break down and have a meltdown driving home because I was so like triggered by everything. But like, that's how I always was about things. It was like, oh, you think I can't still go out and be sober? Well, watch me. And so when I look at things as a challenge, it's almost like I want to prove to myself in a way and that ego that comes up in your head, like, I can do this. Like, watch me kill this. I'm going to knock this out of the park. Watch me stay sober. And so my sobriety for a while almost felt like a challenge to me that I wanted to win. I, I'm like nodding feverishly. I, we are like cut yeah. from the same stone there. <laughs> there was a part in my healing journey when I was journaling and I was like, I have, there's a couple stories that we're not going to dive into now, but from me as a very little girl at four years old, I wanted to do something. Somebody told me, no, I, at that point in time, wasn't swearing, but I was like, I said the same thing. I'm like, fuck Mm -hmm. you, watch me. Like, I'm going to go do it. And all of a sudden in the midst of me trying to work through, like, what do I want to do with these, with these disordered eating and all of this, I was like, fuck you, Mm -hmm. watch me. Like, I never let anybody else tell me I couldn't do something. Why the fuck was I going to tell myself I couldn't do something? Like, I'm going to do it. And it's going to be the best I think I've ever yeah. done. And I think it really does fuel like, the fire for a lot of people. It's very motivating. <laughs> and it was just that it was honestly nothing mm-hmm. changed in me except I decided to say, wow, this is a challenge. And I like to crush yeah. challenges, not this is a fear. This is who I am. This is I'm feeling really shitty. And this is yeah. hard because it oh, was. Yeah. But it was really fun to work. Not fun. Always. <laughs> but there was joy and pride in saying I'm going to conquer Yeah, that. it's it's rewarding at the end of the line, yes. for sure. That's a better word yeah. than fun. Re- I like rewarding, rewarding instead of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was not fun, but mm-hmm. it was rewarding. Sarah, where can everybody get their hands on you and figure out where they can go to a live event, fly into the Detroit area, see what you do with makeup, see, get your hands on a book or a plan. What? <laughs> all where, the things. Where do they get all? <laughs> yes. Where do they get all of the things? Cause I want yeah, all for sure. Things. So I have my website, sarahordo.com. Everything. I, all of this stuff is linked up through there. And then, well, except for the live events, just because I honestly haven't done it yet. So maybe by the time someone's listening to us, it will all be on there, (laughs) but that's my website. And then on Instagram, my Instagram handle is 24 Lux L U X E underscore Sarah. Or if you just type my name, Sarah Ordo, I'm the only one that comes up. So that's an easy way to find me. I am under my name on YouTube as well. And I am on Amazon, Kindle, and barnesandnoble.com for all of my books. My podcast is on iTunes and Stitcher. And I believe that is it. I'm right now advertising all the live events on Instagram. I have a link right in my um, Instagram bio, but I am going to make a website for them. So like I said, someone might be listening to this by the time that's already happening. (laughs) So wonderful. And everything's in the show notes, you guys. So you can just click on all the links and just not take any of that stress out of it to go and go and check Sarah out a little bit more. Sarah, I always end with a few questions coming your way. So as if I've not 
interrogated <laughs> you enough, we're going to end with just a few okay. more here. The first thing that I always like to know, so I'm intrigued by morning okay. routines, but they can be rather timely in people telling me. So I just like to know, like, I like to cut to the chase. What's the very first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Uh, I take my dogs outside. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's more of like a, like you have to do it thing though, not actually like morning routine. Um, the first thing I myself do is I do a disgusting apple cider vinegar shot, which sometimes I don't even know why oh. I do it. <laughs> I'm like, is this, is it See, really now we're different anything? because I actually like to, oh, I like to sip on apple cider vinegar all really? day long. Oh my gosh. Yeah, See, I, I mix it. it with ginger and water. So it's like kind of spicy. So it's not quite as bad, but I do that. And then I immediately make my coffee. <laughs> to get any of that like yeah burning and I just I bottles. love my morning coffee is such a like crucial part of my routine like even when I'm out of town like someone go get me a coffee before I even leave the hotel room because <laughs> I need I need coffee it's just part of my morning routine there's just something really comforting yeah, about there that. Is. what would you say is your super weapon oh my super weapon is my ability to take any situation and find the positive silver lining in it for sure clearly clearly as we all can tell and the final question that everybody has to go through is what does being fierce mean to you Ooh, being fierce to me is chasing after the life you want and making it happen Mm. simple there you go (laughs) mic drop everybody like that's all you need Go yes. live your best fucking life. Oh, Sarah, this was fantastic. I, you let me know when you're doing a next live event. Cause I yeah. want to come, I'll go to Detroit. I want to check it out. I can't imagine how electrifying that. Had oh to my be God. It for was you so and for everybody cool. else. Like It's honestly the coolest yeah. thing I've ever done. And now I'm like, I just want to do more events. I, yeah, I have I, a smaller one um, uh, coming up in September, but my goal is bigger. So the wheels are turning. Conversations are happening. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. Did you think she was going to play small people? No. Like, yeah. <laughs> Have you not been listening for the last 30, right. 40 minutes? Like, of course it's So, yeah, my goal is to create something because I do have a, follow- a lot of followers that are not from this area. Um, my first event did sell out. Like, I do have a lot of people here, but I want the people that are not from here to be able to come. So, my long-term goal is to create something, either like a one-day event, a two-day event. I'm not really sure yet, but something where people, it would be worth, you know, worth them coming and traveling to be a part of it. So cool. Do it somewhere really cool. Not that Detroit's not cool. Detroit's I'm not, pretty I don't cool, know. though. I've never been. A, I feel like it gets a bad rep because everybody's seen like Eight Mile in the movie and that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. their only I guess that's probably where my and yeah and I mean there's, from. there's a lot of Detroit, there's a lot of like suburbs around Detroit that are really cool Detroit itself the downtown area is really nice they're doing a lot to kind of bring it back and make it really nice and everyone can hang out there um but I mean like obviously you don't want to go too far outside that area because it still <laughs> has some parts but Detroit is really cool it's, it's kind of a neat place to come visit well, then maybe let's do it in Detroit. I'm, like, saying this as if, like, I'm planning right. this for you. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. Just do it in Detroit. Yeah. No big deal. 
Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. This was incredible. Yeah. I cannot wait for everybody to get their hands on everything yeah. that you're doing and they can yeah. do all the thank things. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.